0: Oh, it's the Creator Spaces Show. What does it mean to unmute yourself?
1: To unmute yourself is to share your voice with the world, to take what is beautiful inside of you and bring it out into the world so others can see it and experience it.
0: And now, I don't think you were using this term when we started Ship 30 for 30 just last cohort.
1: Yeah, I was using it and I'm cycling back to it. I'm in the process of unmuting and trying to find my voice. And so I'm playing with different ideas and different concepts. But for me, Michael, unmuting has been a very large part of my story. Of moving from silence into expression, so I have used it before, and it came out of the whole experience of being on Zoom for a year and constantly telling people, unmute yourself, <laughs> and then it became a mantra. Where as I was saying it to other people, I was recognizing that I'm muted in a lot of areas of my life, and so it came out of the pandemic, being on Zoom, and telling people, unmute yourself, and I realized that's what I'm in the process of doing, and that's in the process of leading and helping other people do as well.
0: Awesome, and you've been through what five ship 30 for 30 cohorts now
1: (laughs) i'm on my third uh cohort but it feels like uh five definitely
0: (laughs) (laughs) and you lead the alumni captain program
1: when dickie bush was he it was his idea he talked about yeah next cohort. I want to have a alumni captain program. And I volunteered to step in and do it because it's aligned with my mission and I thought it would be fun. So my job was to organize the crews to train the captains and get the ship out of port, so to speak.
0: Did unmuting yourself as a brand now, did that come about as a result of Ship 30 or did Ship 30 happen for you because you were trying to unmute yourself?
1: The Ship 30 happened because I was in the process of unmuting myself. Awesome. So I would say that my unmuting journey began in earnest in November. I took a class with Cam Hauser on minimum viable video. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that Cam and Julia Saxena encouraged us to do is to publish videos. I had never put anything on YouTube before. That was public. I'd put tons of content behind paywalls or unlisted.
0: You're a leader and coach of sorts yourself, aren't you? In your day-to-day world? Yes.
1: Yeah, I'm a teacher. I'm an educator. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Big question. The first question of the show Do you consider yourself a creator?
1: Absolutely. Every time you cook a meal for your family or your friends, you are a creator. Making barbecue sauce is a form of creation. Everything Mm -hmm. is creation. And that just, I'm so passionate about creating. When you have a backyard barbecue, you are creating a space. You're inviting people into a community. So everyone's a creator in my book.
0: And you're also a creator in the uh, creator economy sense. You're putting out some awesome videos. Uh, I see you're getting hundreds of views, thousands of views. I see you took minimum viable video, combine it with Ship 30, and it seems like you've got something really powerful that you've hit on with this combination of unmute yourself. And they're not, I don't feel like they're quite motivational as much as they are almost instructional.
1: Yeah, thanks. And that's part of my journey right now is to figure out what is my voice? How do I describe what I do? So I appreciate you saying that. I'm just doing things. I'm just playing and seeing what happens.
0: So I'm curious, as you're playing around, obviously you found at least one thing that works all right with Twitter. You've doubled your following, I know, in like just the past 30 days. How are you building your audience? I know Cole in our right, the ship has gone on a couple rants against audience building as a term. Uh, So I'm always hesitant to use it now.
1: Well, maybe that's why I was pausing. I am putting out content on a daily basis and I'm finding my tribe and my tribe is finding me. And so I think in DMs and on my timeline and other people's timelines, I'm creating a community. I'm joining communities. And so I'm not really thinking intentionally. Okay, how do I create a Twitter following? It's happening, and I know there's a lot of guides out there. Here's the five easy steps to building a Twitter following. I'm simply creating content, having fun, enjoying meeting people, and the result. The lag measure is 450 followers in the last 30 days, or 500, close to 500. So the lead measure is I'm creating content. I'm jumping into DMs. I'm enjoying people's company. The lag measure is my Twitter following has
0: doubled. Yeah, see, I think that's where I see direct correlation in my Twitter follower growth in my impressions and everything directly related to how many new people on Twitter am I reaching out to? How many replies am I making? Those are really the two things that do it for me. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, I get that. and I hear that. I'll just interject that as my following has grown, it's become harder to do the thing that helped fuel growth in the first place. And that was by engaging with other people. So sometimes I find between creating videos or writing essays, it's hard to continue reaching out. So that's something that I'm looking for guidance from and trying to understand how do you continue to be generative with your own content and be generative with other creators' content?
0: Yeah, I know. I'm looking at it a few ways of going about that, but I think at least for me, my next big step is probably adding in some sort of CRM relationship management of some sort just so I can keep track of all the people I'm meeting on Twitter effectively. I know you have offline, some existing audience outside of digital. How did you start building up this audience, this community around yourself? And when did you really make the shift?
1: Offline or online?
0: Let's go all the way back. How did you start offline? And then when did you make the decision? When did you make the shift to online? And how did you start there?
1: Let's see. To go back, I'm a reluctant teacher. I struggled in the education system for a lot of different reasons, just because I have a very creative, active mind. I had a speech impediment, so I wanted to hide myself. I tested into gifted student programs and then wasn't able to sustain it for lots of different reasons. The reason why I'm telling you that is when I was 25 years old, I was studying to be a Jesuit priest. I started when I was 22. Awesome. And they sent me into teaching high school, and I didn't want to go. I wanted them to send me, uh, ship me overseas. Yeah. But they sent me to the place of pain and suffering. And But they saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. I didn't think I was capable. And actually, the first day of class, I was leading students in a prayer, and I couldn't remember the prayer. I just got completely tongue-tied and lost. But in being sent into this community, I was able to learn how to trust my my voice and learn how to show up. So a lot of the communities that I've been in are, I don't wanna say forced communities, (laughs) but I've had captive audiences as a teacher where people sign up for my course and then they're in my classroom. A giant shift for me was in 2016, I became the chief or CEO of a men's community called Momentum with 150 men. And in order to get elected as chief, there was a primal style process. Long story short, I became chief, and it was an extraordinary moment of leading a group of men who give hard and powerful and kind feedback. So for me, that was stretching outside of a classroom and into a wider community.
0: I love that. And so you became chief of a literal tribe.
1: Yes. Awesome. Yes. And it's an intent. It's really a primal style event where it's night and people are asking you questions from all over the place. People are standing in front of your face and challenging you. What makes you think you could do this? You're just a high school teacher. and. <laughs> digging into my strength and my power in the midst of, I don't want to say a brutal challenge, but it's scary.
0: Yep. And
1: it's a gauntlet. And sometimes we need gauntlets in life to find our true strength and our power and our ability to unmute ourselves. So for me, being sent to a classroom by the Jesuits was a gauntlet. It was leading this volunteer organization of leaders and mentors was part of it. And I've just continued to stretch and say, yeah, I have a voice. I have a gift to share. and I'm ready to stretch.
0: When was the shift point? Was it the pandemic that got you online?
1: That's a great question. So I think shifts happen over weeks and months and years. I think I saw a lot of people teaching courses and writing books, and I had the experience again and again, Where wait a minute, I could do that. Wait a minute. This person is just channeling books that I've already read. And it just kept on happening again and again. And there's some famous people who have very popular books and very popular courses, which seem to be just a light remix of things that came before.
0: Oh, there's tons of that. I mean, I feel like that, especially with digital today, people forget that somebody was already talking about this two years ago.
1: And the person sells it as if it's this brand new concept that they've invented. And so part of my shift was seeing this happening for five years, for 10 years, for 15 years and thinking, wait a minute, if they could do it, so can I. And I could bring my own personal story and experience into it.
0: And so now you've started on that journey. You're building a community around yourself or a community is gathering around you, I think might be a better way to put it. What's next? How do you monetize? Do you monetize? Do you want to do this full time? Might be the better question.
1: (laughs) How do I monetize is a fantastic question. I will say that I have a mindset that is based in volunteering and donation and giving things away for free. So I somehow need to find a way to shift from a volunteer mindset into a I can't even say the word, entrepreneur. (laughs) So because of my speech impediment or the way that I grew up, I have trouble saying word. But I also have trouble truly believing that people would want to pay me for what I do. And so that's a shift that I'm working on creating for myself. How do I shift into being paid? for creating because I've I don't create to get paid I create because I'm a creator. I'm passionate about giving value and contribution to others and engaging at a deep level. That's just what I do. That's how I'm wired. Would I like to become a full-time creator? Heck yeah. I was talking to someone about this earlier and I would love to have a life in which I let go of things that I didn't really care about, paperwork. And I just focused on, on joy and creating joy and channeling joy into people's lives and meaning and hope. So I would like to become a creator that is compensated for my creation. That's part of my journey of figuring out. I'm doing that in public.
0: What's your North Star metric for success?
1: Depends on what area of my life you're talking about. So can you make that more specific? Are you talking about as a creator or are you talking about as a teacher? Or are you talking about as a dad, a husband, a friend?
0: Let's start with creator, but I'm interested yeah. to hear some of the others too. Got sure. Sure curious now.
1: Sure. A metric for success is that as I'm creating, I'm experiencing flow and joy and possibility. That's step number one. If I'm not doing that, if I'm creating a course or a lecture and I'm bored, it's not going to work. And my first metric of success is that I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm fascinated by the topic, and I'm excited to share it. Then... I suppose the second layer is, is it sparking curiosity amongst my students? Is it getting people interested in the topic? Are they asking questions? Are they engaged? Are they challenging what I'm saying? Are they able to apply it to their lives? And then further down the line the metric is transformation. Has somebody grown? Has somebody received value from what I've created? I don't do things for money. I don't do things for fame. I do things for meaning and transformation. And that's hard to measure sometimes.
0: It definitely is. How do you measure it?
1: There's some things that I can discern where I'm in touch with many of my former students who Mm. tell me things that I said 15 years ago, 20 years ago. There are students that I've taught that are now teachers and colleagues and friends.
0: That's awesome. That's a pretty good metric. Yeah.
1: And I have a collection of stories, I can't share them here, where I've saved people's lives. I've met people in times of desperation and darkness, and I've been a transformative agent in people's lives i've had more than one student say they're still here because of me and i'm by myself close to my tears and saying that but that for me is the ultimate metric is that i have increased life in another
0: i love that if you could send a tweet back to your start what would it be
1: the tweet would be unmute yourself stop consuming and start creating
0: short simple sweet and to the point